of the guys on the season like clean up nice. And then he's wearing this fucking wool black coat with like 18 buttons on the collar. I was like, oh, did you get that at Kohl's in 2007? Throw it away. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. We're back. We're back again. We've been back for weeks, but I feel like that's how we keep introducing it. Like we've been gone for a long time. (laughs) It feels like every week has been something like weird and different. Like last week we recorded the day after. So it's like, we're actually back at our regularly scheduled time slot recording the podcast. You and And me. Also you, just you and me, babe. Just you and me. Also. When we started this podcast, we were in the throes of the second lockdown with Tasha and Caitlin season, or not Tasha and Caitlin, Claire and Tasha season. So we were like in the throes of having literally nothing to do. And like neither of us were in grad school yet. You know, we just had like so much less to live for. You know? All we had to live for was the bachelorette. And now it's like, oh, I have other hobbies. How crazy. And like I kind of still like this is kind of still all I'm living for, you know, but also I I wanted to welcome you because I saw your tweet. I wanted to welcome you to the um, drinking Pinot Grigio in the airport doing grad school homework club because that's, you. it's an elite yeah. club. You know, I've been a member of the drinking Pinot Grigio in the airport club for a while, but the doing homework part was really a new, new opportunity for me. It's a new doing sensation. Homework 15 minutes before it was due was really just exhilarating. Uh, drinking Pinot Grigio out of a can. Um so the classiest <laughs> which airport and now was I'm, it newark <laughs> no this was san francisco on my way back um, okay i do love drinking in the newark airport however if you get put in the wrong gate there's no alcohol or snacks so you're just trapped as happened to me months and, ago but that's not important and you're um, in jersey which is the and ultimate you're in trap <laughs> so. it's like you're trapped and you can't even like go home and be like fuck it i'm not i'm not going um you're just like in new jersey stuck so anyway <laughs> Anyways, back and to now, The Bachelor. Um, now I'm drinking Pinot Grigio and watching The Bachelorette, as God intended. This I, is the setting I'm meant to be drinking Pinot Grigio in. This is a niche reference, but some people will get it. Um, our lovely podcast listener and my friend Sam brought over a box of Barefoot Rosé when we watched the show a few weeks ago, and I have just cracked it open. But a niche reference for anyone who catches it is that I'm drinking my Barefoot Rosé out of a Wolfer Estate uh, Hamptons wine glass. So life is about balance. <laughs> life is about a box of barefoot rosé in a Hamptons wine glass. It sure enough is. With it's that best. said, I hope that you're all drinking while you listen to this because it was a long night for us bachelor at uh, bachelorette fans. Yeah, but we kicked so. it off with Tasha and Caitlin, which was how I wanted to kick it off. And and the girl talk on this season is just making me wonder why was Chris ever here? Like, what did he do? Like. I liked him at the time. I really did. But now seeing like women host the show, I'm like, why did a man, let alone Chris Harrison, ever host the show? Like, what did he have to offer at all? Even like Wells would have better girl talk, you know? So oh, Wells is a, he's a sister. <laughs> he's like, he's in on it. Like, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, we start off the way that God intended, which was with Tasha and Caitlin. And we get a new, um, a new rule set in place for the men a new rule set in place which i kept seeing memes that were like this season is so low budget that they're like new date idea (laughs) guys 
you're not going to jerk off for as long as you possibly can. Like literally they didn't say it cause it's ABC, but like they didn't use the phrase jerk off, but like the challenge proposed to the men by Katie slash Tasha and Caitlin is that they cannot masturbate for yeah. as long as possible. So not only are these guys like in a situation where they're like, getting hot and heavy with a girl and they normally would probably have sex with her, but they can't cause they're on TV. And now they're being told they can't even masturbate. They can't even think about it later and get off. Like, it's right. not even like, well, we made out six hours ago and now I can think about that and right. do my, do the dirty. <laughs> it's like, they get nothing. They're just blue balls to the fucking max. Uh, so, which I love, I love watching <laughs> men suffer. I've said it a hundred times on the podcast. I'll say it again. It's great. Especially Blake, because you know he was the most affected by this role. Yeah, Blake. Uh, and I said it, the second she said that this was a role, I was like, Blake is gonna self-eliminate. Do you think he's gonna one? go home? Do you think that when Caitlin came in and, like, announced the role to them, Blake was like, okay, but can I jerk off my clay penis that I brought? I know, right? He's, <laughs> like, on my getting dresser. anything he can. Also, he's, like, yeah, getting creative, you know? Um, um, yeah. So that, that being said, Caitlin goes and tells the guys yes. that this is the new role. And, like, I feel like... When they had to tell the guys that Blake was joining the competition, they like drew straws and like Tasha got the shortest straw and had to go tell the guys. Like Caitlin fully volunteered to tell the guys oh, about the no jerking loves, off role. She, as much as we love watching men suffer, so does Caitlin Bristow. She was <laughs> like, oh, I'll tell them. Um, so she tells them and all of them, she says like, who takes the longest showers? And they all point to Blake and we're like, yeah, fucking obviously. Like, yeah, Okay. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. I want to hear about Christian Mike doing the dirty in the shower. I don't care about Blake. I know. Like, I, I, one look at Blake and you're like, yep, Jack's off for six hours a day. Has a schedule for it. Sets aside time. Like, that is Blake. Mike? I want to hear about that. And then he was like, I'll have no problem with this. I've been practicing, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, oh, never mind, Mike. We don't care. There's no way. Um, there's no way. And I hate to, like, doubt his, like, his virginity, his faith, anything like that. There's no way that Mike P has never touched his penis in the shower. There's no way. There's no way right. Mike P even touched it like without finishing. This is so vile. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they're all like, oh man, we can't, you know, it's the whoa, whoa rule. Week, we, uh, uh, what is it? Week off, week off, whacking off or something like that. Yeah, and they were like, but they can't say it because it's ABC, so they just keep, like, tiptoeing so around it's like, it. It's like, week off, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then, You're like, so, Great. now the perspective that I wanted to have tonight is I wanted to be one of Connor's students watching this show, listening to him explain all the different ways that he couldn't jerk off. Like, when he was like, can't play solo hockey, can't feed the wild stallion. And it was, like, all <laughs> funny, but I was like, Connor is, like, a middle school math teacher. Dude, I can't imagine being one of his students at all watching this show, watching him on this show. Like, no offense. I would be like, the cat costume alone would have bullying rights for a century. He would have been like, so my so, teacher's a furry. Yeah, my teacher's a fucking furry. But instead, we got to hear about all, all of his different names for masturbating, which is just A1. Thank you, it Connor. It was gold. It was gold. So then we find out that Justin gets the first one-on-one. -on -one. He says that he's ecstatic, but he looks like he's in intense pain. When they the say thing, his name. Justin is amazing because he's the most expressive person in the house. And then about anything to do with Katie, he looks like a painting. Like his face does not move. And he's like, I'm ecstatic. And we're like, <laughs> are, are you? Are you? He has the most expressive eyebrows until it's like time to be expressive. And then he's like, hmm, I shall not. 
he yeah so justin gets the first one-on-one and then we see hunter chatting with some of the guys and hunter says uh no no no, guys i've watched every season of this show like guys can get multiple one-on-ones it's greg it's greg he's talking to mm-hmm. because he's like i really thought you were gonna get another one-on-one and greg was like i already had one and hunter was like yeah but like that could happen and greg was like yeah. can it and hunter was like yeah yeah guys can get multiple one-on-ones also i'm top four and everyone was like wait yeah wait, he was what? like listing the top four and greg is like <laughs> what like what the fuck <laughs> so weird also like, for him to put himself in the top four so optimistic i was like okay. i've never met someone less self-aware than hunter the self-awareness is just not happening for hunter but yeah also, he, and then and it's like i get like some people who go on the show are like super fans that's honestly one of the things i really like katie is zach. a super fan yeah one of the things i really liked about zach clark is that he like didn't watch the show at all and his sister put him on it and he was like okay he had yeah. no way to be there for the wrong reasons he does he didn't even know what instagram was until he went on the show so <laughs> that's what i appreciated about him actually and and i don't mind when super fans go on the show i don't really care yeah again katie loved the show before going on has watched for years i don't think it really matters but i think that when you talk about it like that and you're like well i've thought about who will gonna who's gonna be the top four and i'm definitely in it with you dude and greg's like okay i'm not thinking about that i'm just thinking about being with katie like right it was weird also if you're even again it was the same thing with like thomas it's like if you're thinking about it like don't say it you know right and greg calls him a super fan which was like funny because greg was just kind of like he's a super fan of the show and then um someone later on i think it's james maybe is like yeah he's in like fucking forums <laughs> and it's sad because i feel like james is finally starting to grow on me like right as he no longer matters but right. um well we anyways. finally see james for more than like two seconds at the rose ceremony and we're like oh you like, are oh, he's person. funny and you he's exist. like funny yeah right i wish he'd stop wearing turtlenecks in new mexico in the summer Look. but the look is not there for me, but uh, yeah, whatever. I didn't mind him this episode. I was like, yeah, down with Hunter, as you should, King. <laughs> so then um, <laughs> we do the date that we've had every season for the last few seasons that have been low-budget quarantine dates. We get this fucking guy, Franco, who's <laughs> his, his like tag is Bachelor Nation photographer. Yeah. Uh, once again, we've made the same joke three seasons in a row, but like iPhone four pictures being taken of the wedding, like so bad. We'll just get the joke right out of the way. Um, But like poor Justin, I always feel really bad for the people who get this date. Like it's so weird and it's so unnatural. And and, when they do it as a group date, it's like still annoying, but whatever. Like Matt had like the bridal like thing and it was a group date. So they all were brides and it was weird because Victoria was there and it was all this drama, but at least it's like, they're all going through it together when it's a one-on-one, especially this kind of late in the competition, the competition, quote unquote, but competition, uh, we're two weeks away from hometowns. So it's like, you're getting a wedding date two weeks away from hometowns. It's like, this is kind of awkward. Like, yeah. I don't really, I don't really want to do this. I'm not going to lie. And like, it yeah. was cute. Like he, they both, I think did the best they could. But again, Justin is so expressive every other time. And I felt like on this date, he was like, meh. I was like, literally. And also, I mean, like they literally, this is unrelated, but they got Katie's dress on Amazon. Like it was the ugliest dress I've ever seen from the back. Carrie do be slipping this season. Carrie is off. Like not, he is not doing anyone any favors. For those who don't know, Carrie Fatman is the, um, 
he's the stylist on The Bachelor. He always styles the lead. And some of the leads that have been styled have been iconic. Like, yeah. Tasha's fashion was gorgeous. Like, it's Hannah Brown's. But like we were saying before, I think sometimes the fashion of the lead bleeds into the fashion that is designed for them. And Katie is very openly not a very fashionable person. Right. But also like you're a paid stylist, like help her out. Right. Your job is to help her if she doesn't know things about fashion and instead he's like hindering her. It's like she, and it's not that she ever looks ugly. It's just like, why would you put her in that? There are a billion other dresses that would be more flattering on her. Like, right. it's so, not, she's a beautiful girl. So it's not like, you know, she doesn't look ugly. Also a lot of her casual, well, her casual outfits and her cocktail party outfits, like she'll wear these big jackets. And I'm like, this is doing nothing for her. Anyway, yeah, yeah the wedding dress included. It's like, bruh, like let's, let's like, help her out. If she doesn't know, it's your job. Come on. Yeah, Insane. it wasn't great. Um, So then we go back to the house briefly where we see the group date card come. Andrew S. reads the names on the group date card and... <laughs> He takes his fucking time saying Hunter's name at the end. Like, I don't remember who the guy's actual name was, but it was like, blah, 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 Trey, Hunter. <laughs> like, there was, like, the longest pause. Dramatic was, pause. He loved it. And the only oh, yeah. name left off the group date card was Connor B. So Connor B is getting the second one-on-one. Um, and we if- see... we. We talked about last week too, like Connor B's relationship with the other guys and how like, we're not the biggest individual fans of Connor B, like as just a person for Katie, but his relationship with the other guys is like what makes him so likable, I think. Yeah. So, and then we see Trey, like, you know, I'm obviously disappointed it's not me, but like, you know, good for Connor. And he's like, so happy for him. And he like pats him on the back. He's like, so happy for you, man. And I'm like, this is what I'm here for. I don't actually care about Katie. I just want to watch the bromance. I want to watch all of these dudes be like friends for life and then be in each other's wedding parties. Yeah. Like that's I what I'm just, here to see. That should just honestly be the TV show. Like maybe we don't need to see Katie. Like we just watch like, I'm all the guys sure. become friends. Like I'm pretty sure like Ben Higgins is getting married soon. And I'm pretty sure that like Nick Vile and Dean and people like that are like in his wedding party. And I'm like, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I like love wipes it. away a tear. I'm like, that's that's what I love. Wells, about Wells show. is in his party. Like, oh my god, I know, I can't. Ben Higgins' wedding is about to be pop event of the century. Can't wait to crash it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Connor B gets the the one on one, which like makes sense because it's like, yeah, he's been like a fan favorite and a Katie favorite since like night one. It would make sense for her to want to like hang out with him one on one. Right. And he's like so excited. And then we go to the night portion of Justin's date and we, we literally learn nothing about Justin, which no. I'm not like, I like what we learn about Katie. Like I thought that was a nice thing that we learned about her. Not nice. I mean, it's really sad, but no. it was a nice window into Katie, but we learned nothing about Justin. It's like, once all. again, it's once again, the same thing that happened with Blake last week. And this time I actually really wanted to learn about Justin. I don't care about Blake. Same. I love Justin. I've been a fan of Justin for a while, mostly because of his eyebrows, but I think he's great. I like him a lot. That's why I'm I've a seen. fan of you. I know it is the eyebrows. <laughs> um, but when, you know, when Katie was talking about her, you know, her dad, he was so, he was listening. He was attentive. He was there. Like he seems amazing. And then we get nothing about his life. And I'm like, that's like what a one-on-one is for. Um, it's to learn about the contestant, not the lead. Right. Right. Yeah. And I loved hearing what she had to say about it, but like, we also could have heard about what Justin had to say about, you know, 
everything in his life. So yeah, it was just, and, and honestly, I was kind of, I wasn't surprised really after the day portion that he got the rose, but like going into the date, I thought that he would be eliminated on his Me date. Too. Cause I was Me like, too. Oh, we've hardly seen Justin. I feel like she's going to send him home. Especially because, like, once he got the wedding date, I was like, okay, yeah. nail in the coffin. He's going home. Um, the but, only thing was like Tasha and Zach had the wedding date last season. And like, obviously Zach won. So it's like, it can go your way, but it's like, yeah, uh, it's like tricky. Yeah. Katie, uh, during the night portion, what we learned about Katie is that Katie reveals, as we know, cause she said on her date with Greg that her dad passed away. That's why the wedding date was hard for her because her father won't be a part of her future wedding. And she says like, it'll be hard because I won't be able to get my dad's blessing. Um, cause he's not here. And then the new information that we learn is that Katie's dad, the man that raised Katie is not, um, biologically her father, which she didn't learn until she was older. Um, and that her biological dad does want a relationship with her, but she's not sure how to do that while still honoring the relationship she had with the person who raised her, who she considers her father. Right. Um, it was definitely an interesting conversation. I think the more we learn about about Katie, the more I like her, the more I, I like that she is comfortable revealing these things on TV. And I also feel like a lot of times contestants, we see broken family situations, but a lot of times the person who's the lead has like a very healthy, normal family life. And when we meet their family, it's like, oh, like there's Ben Higgins, perfect mom and dad. And like Nick Vile's parents who had 12 million kids and still love each other so much and are so happy. And like, I like that when, I mean, obviously I feel for Katie's trauma. I have similar trauma, but like, I like that when we meet Katie's family toward the end of this, it's not going to be that like perfect Mr. and Mrs. Higgins because I feel like more people will be able to relate to Katie's experience. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I've loved hearing about it. I don't, I never wanted, you know, I'm glad that they didn't cut any of it on this date. I just would have liked to hear like, I don't know, a minute of Justin being like, this was my last girlfriend. Cause like all we learn is like, he's never been close yeah. to being engaged. And I'm like, Which, yeah, like, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, nor have I, uh, we have so much in common. Like, <laughs> like, great. like we don't learn anything about his past. We don't learn about his family. It just, we're getting to the point now, again, two weeks out from hometowns. I want to know about these people before right. hometowns. No, I agree. Um, and he does get the rose, which kind of did surprise me just based on how I thought it was going to go going into the whole thing, but their date did go well. So I didn't end up being surprised, but Justin gets the rose. They do another weird concert date. I wasn't paying attention. I was like, yeah, Great, just, okay. that's when I go on my phone usually. Yeah. I'm like, they're at another concert. Allow me to tweet. Like, I don't know. I'm like, Literally. okay, great. Guys, anybody who knows me knows that this was for like, this was for me and me only. Um, th this was the crossover event, not only of The Bachelor, but of my very existence. We got a feature from RuPaul's Drag Race fucking royalty. We got the winner, two different winners of All Stars. We got Monet Exchange and Shea Coulee, Um, and they came on to help host a group date. And when I saw The Bachelorette Instagram post this the other day, I shrieked. I couldn't believe it. I, I like don't know how to explain like what this crossover meant to me, especially because like, this is like a, a more profound tangent than it needs to be, but just like, not that I'm saying I'm profound, just like getting on a more in whatever tangent, but like, I just love to see drag in the mainstream. And like, that's what 
RuPaul's Drag Race has done for drag in general, but I feel like it's one thing to be on RuPaul's Drag Race on VH1 and another thing to see drag queens on ABC on this very traditionally Christian conservative show. And I was like, I was just living for it. I was so fucking excited that they were there. Also, I've met Monet Exchange. I have a selfie with her from before she was even on RuPaul's Drag Race. And then she went on to win All-Stars. So just like, I love her so much. Anyways. Amazing. I gagged. It was so good. It's great. Nothing, everything is improved by having drag queens. I I used to work for a nonprofit where we had a gala every year. And our founder was like the most elderly woman I've ever met. And she was like, we have to have the drag queens at the event every year. And it was like, yeah, of course we do. Because because it only made it better every year. It would have been boring without them. They were the best part. Honestly, it was a theater gala. Nothing was going to be fun without drag queens at a theater gala. So and it's it's the best. And on this day, I think it was also interesting because it was a group date. It was a big group day. I was like, okay, let's see who the homophobes are. Um, And when they walked in... Nobody was more excited to see them than Michael A. Michael A was so into it. And he just said, and I quote, two beautiful drag queens. And I was like, Michael A, I, I love a straight man who likes drag. I do. I love it. I love a straight man that can respect the art of drag. Michael A until death. And it already was Michael A until death. We talked about it. Protect at all costs. We'll rock your shit if you talk shit about him that moment just added to the laundry list of reasons why it's protect michael a until until death the best man the best man this date really though we'll go into the details of it it just proved how fucking boring straight people are literally i was like i was like this is the most boring thing monet exchange and shake who i have ever done is sit there and pretend to laugh at straight guy jokes and they were like pulling teeth this is what we mean when we say men aren't funny we're like, oh, men aren't funny. And men are like, wait, I'm funny. I made a funny joke. Fuck you. This shit was, go- and it wasn't, again, it wasn't the drag queen's fault. It wasn't Monet Exchange or Shekouye's fault. It was the men. They fucked this shit up. You had the opportunity to be nasty, funny, whatever you wanted. And Greg said, I wrote a poem. Go to hell. On an elevator, no stops, go to hell. Are you fucking serious? I was like, we gave you the platform to be bitchy as you wanted. And they were like, Katie, I'm just here because I love you. Oh my God, so boring. So, yes, yes. So I, I just wanted to point out that the counter to Michael A being so like, oh my God, two beautiful drag queens. Blake goes, they're obviously beautiful, but like, I didn't know if I should be checking them out toxic masculinity just say the drag queen is beautiful just say the drag queen is beautiful you don't need to be like i didn't know if i should be checking them out like shut up yeah just shut the fuck up so then we go into this reading challenge and i don't know if um are you a drag race fan do you watch drag race not really i have i don't watch okay. it so this is this was the perfect challenge for the queens to host because on drag race every season one of the the most it's the wedding date of drag race like it's the right. repeat challenge that happens every year is the reading challenge and the reading challenge is this it's a stand up roast where they just tell jokes about each other right. so for my fellow drag race watchers the library was motherfucking open 
reading is fundamental, but only by the queens. They read everybody and nobody read each other. It was so boring. Um, so boring. But I just feel like Monet Exchange and Shea Coulee, like as drag queens, as gay men, they like only have to deal like romantically with other gay men who usually are funny. Like, I feel like this was like their first exposure to like what women deal with, with like pretending to laugh at straight guy jokes. This is like everyday me on Tinder with like dealing with men who are trying to be funny. And I'm like, please God, just send me to hell. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I can't Take exist on this earth anymore because you all are so boring. It was, yeah, it was bad. Also, I, I, we kind of glazed over it. In the beginning, they're kind of doing like example reads of the guys. They called Aaron stupid. And I was like, yeah, God bless. <laughs> and they called like, Hunter short. <laughs> they called Hunter short, which was like, more of like a looks thing but I loved that they called Aaron stupid and Aaron was too stupid to even <laughs> respond literally he was like oh uh, yeah <laughs> I'm literally. like oh, you're my king I fucking love you and they're trying to encourage them they're like come on like give us the dirt and Greg's like I wrote a poem okay nope sit down self-eliminate and then finally <laughs> they're like give us the dirt and James finally brings up Hunter which like we've been waiting now for la like since last episode of like who's gonna do it, and so James does it. And as much as like I do think Andrew S a few episodes ago made a good point where he was like, don't bring the drama into it, focus on yourself, yeah. whatever. If you're gonna, if you have the opportunity to roast, fucking roast. They're literally begging so, you to. They're so, so bored. James is the only person who understood the assignment in this moment and started kind of lighting at lighting Hunter's ass up. And like some of the other guys joined in, um, thankfully, because I was like, this was, it's even with that, it was still so uneventful, but they eventually finally are starting to be like, yeah, Hunter sucks. And then, and then they turn it to Hunter and Hunter's like, I have nothing negative to say about these men. I hated that. I was like, he just, and, and I think it's Aaron that says in his, in the moment after he was like, he had stuff to say. He didn't say it because he wanted to look like the bigger man or whatever. Right. And it was hundred percent true. It was so clear that he had stuff to say that he was like, this is an opportunity for me to look like a good guy. To look good. And so he didn't say it, but when Greg gets up there and is like, I wrote a poem for Katie, it, the camera cuts to Shay with the most dramatic eye roll I've ever seen. And I was like, that's literally me and Emily when everyone else are like obsessed with Greg. We're like, oh God. The Greg, the Greg fandom is like catching up to us. And we're like, no, like that literally. is us. I'm like rolling my eyes so hard. Also the thing with Hunter was that earlier in the date, he was talking to one of them and they were like, are you in love with Katie? And he's like, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm in love with her yet. And Trey heard him say that. And then during the roast portion, they ask again. And he goes, I am absolutely falling in love with Katie. And Trey is like, excuse the fuck out of me. Like, what did you just say? So yeah, that's the other thing that they'll get into a little bit later too. But it's like, you're changing your fucking answer, dude. Like, yeah. So then we kind of wrap up the roast portion. It really was uneventful. I mean, they did this on Claire's season. It was one of the first dates and everyone just roasted the shit out of Dale. And it was yeah. so funny. But then Claire was like, everyone kept making fun of Dale. And I was like, well, that's because he's, he sucks, Claire. Like, what do you want? Not to shit on Claire. And what are but... we learning? We're like trying to pull it out of her. And she's like, that Dale is my soulmate. We're getting engaged. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, 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 sure. Not a lesson learned. So then we go to the night portion and Katie kind of kicks off her toast by saying that the connection she has with some of them are not enough. 
Um, and I gotta say, I do like Greg more as the weeks go on. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like I like him more around the other guys than I like him with Katie. I like oh, him as is... a person. I don't like him as like a match necessarily. And that's how I right. feel about Trey and Aaron too. I like both of them as people. They're not matches for her. Fine. Well, okay, so. I'll get into the Blake Moines of it all in a second. But um, I told Emily this before we started recording, but I think it's so funny. So Greg, um, I got a text from a high school friend of mine while we were watching this. And she was like, I can't watch someone I used to sit in the cafeteria with on the fucking bachelorette. And I was like, who? And she was like, Greg. And I was like, we went to high school together. So not that cafeteria, which I'm like, did he go to your college? And she was like, yeah. So they went to St. Michael's college in Vermont, which is also where my brother went. And once Emily said this to me, I was like, that makes perfect fucking sense. I don't know if any of you guys know anyone from University of Vermont or St. Michael's, but like Greg is like such a crunchy granola St. Michael's man. And then she told me that they all called him hot Greg in college, which will, you know, we agree to disagree, but I just think that's so funny that he was hot Greg at St. Michael's college. And now he's on the bachelorette. (laughs) It's another example of Kayla and I being like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't see it. What's going on? Like, what are we missing? But it's funny. But it's funny. It's good content. It's good content. Um, So yeah. So she's like, Katie goes to them and is like, I don't, the connections aren't enough, whatever. And then a few of them get to talk to her. And then she's just too upset about the Hunter situation. Yes. But I do want to point out that I think James knows he's not staying. Yeah. He knows he has no connection with her because when it comes to the, like in the moments, he'll be like, I just want my time with her. I just want to talk to her. When he actually gets with her, he talks about Hunter, but not in a way that's like bitchy or catty. He's basically just like, look, I'm going to give it to you straight. And he really does. Like he doesn't embellish anything. Like James just kind of puts it all out on the line, which lets me know that James knows he's not staying. And so he's just like, okay, like I'm on my way out. I'm just going to give her the best advice I can give her before I go. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. A hero. (laughs) Blessings for the fallen. Yeah. He, he was like, listen, I know I don't stand a fucking chance. Have you seen my hair? But um, this is what's happening with the other guys. So you should probably watch out. Yeah. So she basically is like so upset. She's like, we're not going to do, we're not going to continue. I'm not giving a rose out tonight for the group. Date. We had to listen to her vomit. Yeah. We li- listened to her cough. We listened to her throw up. She's like physically ill over it. I'm like, girl, I thought she had COVID. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Production shut down. Um, Blake, Blake brought COVID. Um, remember yeah. that conspiracy theory that there was um, a girl on Matt James season that we never saw because she ended up having COVID and getting yes. sent home and they didn't want to get in trouble for not bubbling correctly. So they just simply never showed her. I still kind of buy that conspiracy. Oh, I totally believe it. I totally believe it. So yeah, she like literally yaks and then she's like, so we're not going to continue. Okay. Well, obviously sick and then it's canceled and they all go home and And they don't and she doesn't give a rose (laughs) and all of them are like maybe i shouldn't have talked as much shit (laughs) it's like well (laughs) too late now and we're on our way home (laughs) um so then the next thing is connor's one-on-one date and i don't know if you like saw this it just stuck out so vividly in my brain when he's walking up to katie to start the one-on-one date he looks just like ted from schitt's creek Oh, identical. I'm sure he did. I didn't, identical. I didn't catch it, but I'm sure they have a very similar look. Yeah. And vibe. And vibe. Everything about it. Too pure for right. this world. Just like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be doing a double date with Caitlin Bristow and Jason, her boyfriend, Jason Tardick, who was a contestant on Becca Kufrin's season. 
I said boyfriend. I meant fiance. She's got like a five carat ring. So I have to put some respect on her. And so they're going to do this group date. Their group date was actually really cute. Like they grilled and they went in the pool and they played games and it was really cute. And Caitlin and Jason are Connor stands. Like they want this to work hard. Jason, I was worried would swoop Connor away and run away with him. He was like, I'm a big Connor guy. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) as you should be, King. Yeah, they really liked him. And everyone really likes Connor. Katie really likes the general vibe. Yes, that everyone likes even even us who are like, yeah, I wouldn't be into the cat thing. I'm not, I'm not super into like guys who are just like, I am just so excited to see her today. Like I would be like, uh, you're being a lot right now. But yeah generally i think he's a great guy everyone i don't think you could say he's a bad guy so they love him and they're playing games and they're like he gets a moment with jason alone and like caitlin and katie get a moment where they're making margaritas one of my favorite like clips i've ever seen um and then katie basically says to caitlin like i really like him as a friend yeah i think that we have a great friend vibe going but i don't know like i don't know if i feel the spark when we kiss and caitlin was Caitlin and Jason were friends before they started dating. So she's like very adamantly kind of encouraging her. Like the best things often start as friendships. Like sometimes you find yourself like in a friendship and it progresses into something more like that's sometimes the best thing. And I think that's true in the real world. I think it's hard in the bachelor bubble because it's such a shortened time frame. I think if Connor B and Katie met in the real world and became friends and then like a year later started dating, I think it would be amazing. But I think with hometowns in two weeks and she's just not feeling it, it's like, okay, well, I don't have the time to let it get there. Like it's the same. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not realistic. I mean, the timing of this and Caitlin knows that I'm sure. And was just trying to be like optimistic and we love her for that. Um, but yeah. it's the same thing we were with Aaron. It was just like, they're friends. They're besties. It's not going to be more than that. They're friends. Uh, yeah. And I think Katie really, really, and we'll see it a little bit later. She really wanted it to be more than that. She wanted it to work. Well, it um, actually surprised me. Sorry, I just yawned. Um, it actually really did surprise me that um, it didn't work with Connor B because that was someone who, I mean, I think even Katie thought he was a front runner for a long time. It definitely surprised me that she wasn't feeling it, but um, I knew- Also because when they kissed at the end of the date, it looked a lot more normal than it has looked. Cause we've talked about his kissing and it is stressful as hell. And they were playing the front runner music over their kiss. The last kiss, I was like, this actually looks a lot better better like arguably I'm like okay this might be like a good thing I knew he was going home for sure when he was talking to her on the bench and he was talking about how when they kiss everything else fades away and all this stuff and I'm like he's going home she doesn't feel that way he's gonna say that shit and it's gonna freak her out and he's going home and that's exactly what happened um And then it cuts this very heartbreaking montage of Connor in his hotel room getting ready for the night portion. And he's talking about how right it feels and how amazing it is and how he's so excited to have the night portion with her. And then it cuts to Katie in her hotel room and she's still in her like sweatpants and like, or her jeans and her sweatshirt. And you're just like, oh, damn. Crying. Um, And like, and he said, the second he said, I'm not nervous, all of America said, baby, you should be. Babe, um, <laughs> babe, I have bad news for you. This is not going to go well for you tonight. The second a contestant says, I'm not nervous. This happens on the last episode. Go like the home. runner up will say it every yeah. time. I'm really confident. I'm not feeling nervous. 
broken up with every time. Every time. So, and I think it's producer prompted in the finale when they're like, I, oh. they must ask some question that's like, are, are you, you feeling, <laughs> are you feeling confident? And then the guy's like, yeah, I'm confident. And then they're like, great, cut it. <laughs> Just put it. that in there. Yeah. But yeah, with Connor, yeah. the second he said it, it's like, oh babe, you are, you are going home. Right. Uh, so, and then we, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. So then Katie goes to his hotel room, knocks on the door. She's crying. He knows where it's going immediately. And she's very clearly having a difficult time with it. And this was actually one of my favorite things I've heard a contestant say when they're being dumped on this show. She sits down on the couch. She's having a hard time talking. She's crying. She's so upset. And he just says, I know where this is going and it's okay. Just breathe. And I was like, Oh my God. And you could tell he was so upset. It wasn't that he was just like non-emotional about it. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, he was clearly very upset, but like, it's exactly what Katie says at the end when she's so upset. She was like, he knew from the second he opened the door that I was going to break his heart. And like, he still put me first, like through the whole interaction, he put me first. And like, it was a really difficult interaction to watch because he really did. Like he kept like comforting her, even though he was the one being dumped and like, Oh, uh, yeah. he's like, he's not for me. Like he would annoy the shit out of me, but he really is like a really nice guy. He's a good, good man. And like a lot of people were saying like, why is she crying going into a breakup? And I'm like, okay, you've clearly never broken up with somebody. Like it's hard. Right. And especially somebody that you really like, just not on the level that you're supposed to love someone. Like she right. likes him so much. And again, and she I feels think- that way with most of her guys. She likes them so much. And so going into this, it's so hard. And he's, and because he's so nice, like, how do you go into yeah. a breakup with somebody who is that kind, who you really genuinely care about? You don't want them to be upset. You don't want them to ever be devastated, but you know, you have to do what you have to do to honestly for the, their betterment as well. Yeah. It was tough. No, I, yeah, it was rough. Um, but then we we see something that we like never really get to see on this show because typically after a one-on-one date, you pack your bags and you take your bags to the one-on-one date. So that way, if right. you're sent or, home, you get right in the limo and you leave. Or the suitcase guy comes in and grabs the suitcase right from the hall and leaves. That's <laughs> and what I thought gasp. was happening. The door was, they were talking. They're like, I wonder how it's going. And then we hear the door yeah. open and I was like, oh, it's suitcase guy. He's like coming to grab the suitcase. Yeah. We were surprised. But no, Connor comes in, um, which again, if you've watched the show for a long time, you never really see like a guy, if he gets sent home or a girl, if they get sent home on the one-on-one, that's it. Like the contestants don't see that person again. Um, But Connor, I really think they did it because they wanted to film like how close all these guys have gotten to Connor. He comes in. I mean, we have, I, I love how openly affectionate this group of men are. I think it's really refreshing to watch and not just toward Katie, like toward each other. They're very openly connected to each other. And I love it. Like, I mean, we have Michael A like kissing Connor's face as he says goodbye. And Trey is crying and Greg is crying. And like, Aaron says, Aaron says, I want to be more like you. And I was like broken. I was like, that's so cute. Aaron, you should really be nicer. I'm fucking unwell. <laughs> Aaron, you're literally so mean. You should be more like Connor. No, I, and again, Aaron's my favorite. But yeah, they're <laughs> so cute. And Trey is like really emotional. They show a lot of Trey talking about it and being like, just like surprised. I also think there's a layer of like, they're so sad he's going. There's also this layer of like, we are fucked because he was such yeah. a front runner to us 
even to him probably and to all the guys Connor was such a front runner from the beginning and yeah. so for him to go home they're like horrified nobody was more surprised that Brendan was staying than Brendan <laughs> oh my god <laughs> who me furiously googling who is Brendan I was like who the fuck is that I've literally seen him one time Brendan is like the stereotype it's, it's like that TikTok uh stereotype where the guy does like like guy from Boston yes that's Brendan <laughs> well I'm like is there anyone in the world who is like, I'm team Brendan and has been since like week two? No, there is absolutely not. If you're, if you've been team Brendan since day one, I would like your information. And I just want to talk like, what the fuck? Who is he anyway? So yeah, Connor gets sent home. They're all like really sad. That's again, like where we love Connor B is like his relationship to the other guys. And that's where we love like the guys on this season. They're just so sweet to each other. And I they love really it. are. So then, uh... So then Katie's in her hotel room and she's sad and she hears from outside a country song that we heard just last week that her and Blake slow danced to at the end of their date. Emily has fully gotten up from her stool. She's walking to her fridge. She's pulling a, a hefty pour of wine um, for what we're about to discuss. So it's Blake outside her window with a boombox playing the country song that they danced to on their date it's like it's actually a really cute song the memorize you song is really cute I just like hate it for Katie and Blake but um now I have to be honest here I think my anger toward Blake and the reason I don't like Blake is because Blake Blake would have ruined 22 year old Kayla's life like when he walks up the stairs in a hoodie and like looking so like like very like casual like I was about to go to sleep but I just had to see you in his like hoodie and he is handsome like he's a handsome guy and like when he comes down the hallway I'm like if I were Katie right now but like my 22 year old self my life would be ruined he would ruin my life I wrote this down I was like I have known so many Blakes in yeah. my life I have known them I've tried to date them I have been friends with them whatever they are all like this. They show up when you, just when you need them. They're like your hero when you need them yeah. and they'll still destroy you. Right. And that's, and he was, I felt like this when he was on even Tasha and Clara season where he was like not nearly as connected with them. Uh, but I feel like I've, I've met him before. I know this guy and I'm like, it doesn't matter how nice he seems. He seems like the guy who's like, I'm here to comfort you. At the end of the day, he will still hurt you. And that yeah. makes me like so weary of him. I know Katie is like 30 and like a full grown adult and like can make her own decisions, but yeah. it makes me so weary of him as a person. I'm like, I just, I've met too many of you to, to be naive to the fact that you will probably fuck up and you will probably just be really, and even just the shit he says, he's like, I was thinking of you. Like the whole time Connor's crying and all the guys are having this really emotional response. He's like, I was just thinking of you in your sweatpants. And it's like, I know that that's not like supposed to be, I, maybe he's not supposed to be like, um, I, I couldn't stop thinking about you as I couldn't jerk off. Like, <laughs> right. Like I was so I like, I don't know, you. maybe he wasn't trying to be inappropriate, but it felt inappropriate to me. I was like, I just don't, 
I don't like the energy he's bringing. I hate the energy that we've brought to the studio tonight. I'm like, really, <laughs> I'm not pleased. Um, it just bothers me. I think that we all know the guy who's like, he's the classic guy who's like, I'm a nice guy. And if you have yeah. to say you're a nice guy, you're not a fucking nice guy. If you have to say you're an empath. You're not a fucking empath. Um, I um, have a surprise for you, baby. It's going to rock your world. You're not the nice guy. He definitely and- is though. He definitely, and definitely part of it is lust, but he definitely is the person that she has the most natural connection with so far. Um, Like, yeah, definitely it's partially lust, like they make out, whatever. But like, you know, when you can just tell that two people are just comfortable, like they are just very comfortable around each other. And like, it makes me nervous, but like, Greg is up there too, but even Greg, like they don't have the connection that Blake and Katie have. They just don't. And it makes me no, it makes, cause it's annoying because they do, it's like undeniable chemistry. And then we don't like him. So we're like, why, <laughs> like, why Literally. do you have this undeniable chemistry? Like, we don't want you to, but it's, it, I, if she's happy, it's fine. But I just, I'm so weary of people like that who are like, yeah, I'm going to be here for you. Cause there was a moment earlier, way earlier in the season where she was upset and Greg went to comfort her, but it didn't feel like he was taking advantage at all. I just felt like he was like, I just want to be nice, whatever. Meanwhile, like this just felt very like calculated, calculated. Yeah. I want to, I want to prove a point. And also like I'm the best man in his, in the moment with the producer, he's like, I just feel like Katie's going to be my fiance. And like, people have said that before. That's not that egregious. What was egregious about it is he had his tongue out the entire time he was saying it. Like he, I can't do this because yeah. it's an audio medium, but like it literally like his tongue was just like slightly out of his mouth. Like he was like, please remember my fiance. I was like, what? <laughs> it's going to be my fiance. Yeah, he, um, I've gotten two tonight from people who listen to the podcast. So I'm going to give him shout outs of what Blake looks like. <clears throat> um, Bruce the shark from Finding Nemo. And that <laughs> was the first one. And then Walmart brand Ben Stiller. Oh, wait, maybe that one was about Hunter. Yeah, that was about Hunter. So anyway, those are the two lookalike shout outs. The Hunter one is uh, Walmart brand Ben Stiller. That's actually true. I see that. That, that one is true. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Bruce the Shark from Finding Nemo. I totally see that as Blake. Then we get so a beautiful know. moment of um, cinematography. I would like to give an award to The Bachelor. Um, we see moments sometimes where they'll be like looking at a group and then they'll pan up to like the chandelier and then they'll cut to commercial. This time we just got like almost a full 10 seconds of watching the sprinklers turn on. Yeah. Why did we get like, oh, the grass looks so moist. What the fuck? <laughs> it was like a full uh, 10 seconds. Glad the grass is hydrated. I was like, wow, I'm glad the La Quinta keeps up with their grass maintenance. That's nice. And then kind of the last section of the episode was we go to the cocktail party. Hunter looks like he's in a barbershop quartet. Um, and Katie basically kicks it off with a toast where she says, essentially, if you haven't convinced me yet, bye, babe. And like, and like, I, you know what? I respect it. It's at this point, she knows who she has a connection with and who she doesn't. They're not going to convince her in one cocktail party, like whatever. So she cancels the cocktail party. So the only person going into the cocktail party with a rose is Justin because she sent Connor home and she didn't give a rose on the group date. So Justin is the only person going in with, with a rose. Justin is psyched. He's like, fuck yes. <laughs> Justin's like, thank finally. God. Right. Thank God. Yeah. 
Uh, so there's six roses, which is a pretty big cut. Like, I can't believe we're already down to the final seven. Like, that's a pretty right. that's a pretty big jump. Um, so we're getting rid of five guys in this night, which the promo for this episode said, five surprise eliminations. I was, like, waiting for people to self-eliminate. I was thinking right. James and Brendan were about to be like, I'm out. Like, bye. <laughs> no, no self-eliminations. I was pissed, honestly, because I was like, oh, so it's all just, like, Katie. Katie sends them home. I love her autonomy. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, I, I love, I love self-eliminations. That is my Super Bowl. I love when people are like, bye, I'm leaving. When Kit literally said, sorry, I have homework. I have to go. Best moment of television I've seen. So I love self-eliminations. And I was, I was going into this episode, like five eliminations, like, dude, people are about to be leaving, like electing to leave and none of them were. And I was like, God damn it. Like whatever. So, but we knew, I knew I was like, so we have four more people to fucking weed out at this rose ceremony. Yeah. So she starts it off with six roses on the table and she says Hunter first. And all the guys are like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then she's like, Hunter, can we go talk? And I was like, Okay, so she they go and talk, and she basically asks him the same thing she's been asking him, like, why are the guys saying this about you if it's not true? Like, right. you know, whatever. And Hunter, I mean, in Hunter's defense, what's he supposed to say? You know, like, he was just kind of like, no, like, I mean, I'm here for you. Like, what what else is he supposed to say to her, you know? Like, at that point, it's literally just, does she believe him or not? And, like, he's already yeah. said all the shit to her. So, like, why yeah. do we need to do this again? So she talks to him. It goes nowhere. They go back inside. And that was the dumbest thing ever because it's like you canceled the cocktail party, but you still want to talk to someone. Like, just be like, I'm not going to have the cocktail party, but Hunter, can I take you for a second? And then we'll get right into the rose ceremony. It was so stupid. Right. I was like, if you're going to waste time of the rose ceremony, why did you cancel the cocktail party? <laughs> and no, that Literally. wasn't her. I'm sure it was a producer thing and I don't blame Katie, but I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, it was dumb. So they come back in and the roses in this order go to Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A, Mike P, and the shock of the night, Brendan. <laughs> I literally was like, as I said earlier, vigorously Googling, like, who the fuck is Brendan? What? (laughs) I feel like that always happens, though, with, like, one of the guys in, like, sixth or seventh is always someone that we're like, who is that? Like, we don't know. We have no idea. They get, like, no screen time, and then they're suddenly in the top, like, seven, and you're like. Honestly, honestly, he's had more screen time than Michael P, though. That shocked me, because he was earlier on. And I was like, oh my God, like, so, or he was right before him, I guess. So then it was like, so either Trey or Aaron is going home. And then she said, Brendan. And I was like, both are going home. That's crazy. Yeah. I I didn't expect to say, to be honest. I didn't expect Mike at all. It looks like he gets a one-on-one next week. So I'm very interested in seeing. So he goes home on a one-on-one next week as well. So let's hope, because I'm like, this is weird. Like, I don't think that they are compatible, but the Brendan thing shocked me because I I've said this for a long time. I love Trey and Aaron. I don't think either of them are really right for Katie, but I really like both of them. So I was sad because I was like, Oh, I would have loved to have them like there for another week. Even if they ended up going home next week, it's like, Oh, but I don't know. So, but that, that means also three people go home next week. Yeah. So going home tonight are Aaron, Trey, Hunter, and James. Um, Yeah. Uh, so we are down to a top seven, which yeah, means that three people go home next week. Cause the week after that is hometowns. So crazy. 
Very I, crazy. I I was just, I mean, I was shocked at Brendan. Everyone was shocked at Brendan. Everyone was like, wait. Um, Brendan was who, shocked at who's? Brendan. Yeah, no one was more surprised than Brendan himself. <laughs> like, who is this? Um, they Brendan said his stands, name and he looked surprised. He was like, what? Um, yeah, and then I was sad, you know, I mean, Trey and her had like a really tender, nice goodbye. She tweeted about Trey and was like, just the best. And I was like, I know. Um, but again, like not right for each other, but just like sweet. And then Aaron tried to bro hug her. <laughs> like he went in for like a bro hug. <laughs> and she went in for like a real hug because they're like humans. So like they literally yeah. are her and Matt James. No, on that season. Legit. And I was, the thing I was sad about was like, I, we knew that they were just like friends. I wish he could have had a one-on-one just to see it as viewers. <laughs> I would have loved to watch an Aaron one-on-one. That would have made me very happy, but it's okay. Say lovey. Um, he'll go, he'll most likely go to paradise, which we can talk about now because they've announced oh, the paradise cast. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us into our next, uh, just like random, you know, whatever's happening in bachelor nation paradise. The first round of the cast has been announced, which we don't need to go through all of it, but no. some, some favorites that are coming are Brendan, Brendan from Tasha season, not, not Brendan. That's not still this on. Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine though they announced it. No, Brendan um, from from my favorite Brendan, who I am in love with, is going on Paradise, which I'm obsessed with because I I'm excited to see him. And Ivan, Ivan, and oh Kelsey, uh, Abigail, Abigail, Serena P, mm-hmm. and Serena C. I think right. Yeah, I think both Serenas. Yeah. Um, and then Jasenia will be there from last season. Yeah, it's a good group. Uh, There's actually less from Peter's season than I was expecting. Like Hannah Ann's not going, or maybe they are, and they're just going to be some of the later additions, but um, not as many from Peter's season as I was expecting because they're all dramatic as hell. Like Victoria Fuller's (laughs) not there. Victoria uh, P, though, is there from. Yeah, um, she's there. Oh my God. And Queen Victoria from last season will be there. Queen Victoria, who's wearing the most aggressive lip liner on the beach I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what are you doing, girl? If Queen Victoria and Carl who is also there, don't leave together, I'll eat my shoe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, most likely, heaven. most likely they will both leave alone. I don't imagine them really finding matches, but if yeah, they but, do find a match, it's each other. But I feel Let's like hope. villains do tend to find love in paradise. Like nobody thought that Crystal was going to find anybody in paradise and she got engaged. Like, I mean, I think if she's going to find someone within the franchise, it will be on Paradise. Um, the Paradise is the redemption arc for villains. So, yeah. I mean, we yeah. saw that with Demi, too. It was like, <laughs> Demi was kind of the worst, and then she went on Paradise, and everyone was like, we love Demi. So, we'll see. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I also feel like her, Victoria was so egregious. Like, I'm just like. Have low expectations. I could be surprised. You never know with this fucking franchise, but I'm like, could she possibly, like, how could she possibly, someone on this beach is going to be like, yes, Mine. like you are the choice I make. Like, what? Also, but- I just wanted to say, so I'm actually very happy about this because even though they're doing that dumb rotating door of comedian hosts for paradise i am very happy because ivan actually said when he came off tasha's season that he would never be on another bachelor show again unless something was done um for change racial change within the franchise and he said he was like it starts with firing chris harrison and chris harrison got fired and ivan's on the beach 
and all is right for me. Yes. Um, the other thing, just my only thing was also Joe, Dr. Joe was confirmed to be on Paradise. And I believe Riley also was in the talks for it. So I'm wondering if they'll come on later. And I hope that they will. I would love to see a Dr. Joe edition. However, it seems weird that he would not be OG cast because I don't, I don't know. He seems like more of one of them that would start off there. Yeah, we'll see. Dr. Joe was rumored. Riley was ru- rumored. Um, and so is Kendall from RE mm-hmm. season. And mm-hmm. that's going to be dramatic because Grocery Store Joe is back. Oh my God. Grocery that's Store Joe was- about. Yeah, Grocery Store Joe was announced as part of the the starting cast. And it, and it is more than rumored, fairly confirmed that Kendall ends up showing up and they dated for years after Paradise. So that's going to be awkward. It's not like one so of those, we get- those things where they dated for like a month. No, they dated for no. years. We get another, not really, because it was it was not- long term but we get another clay and angela so angela showed up at the beach uh was gonna be grocery store joe which is just like oh great so glad you're here because the thing with that too is that everyone else in the cast is like really recent and then (laughs) grocery store joe is like hello i am also i am also here well so other rumored contestants are tia from re season as well as becca kufrin Becca Kufrin is rumored. And if Becca Kufrin goes on Paradise, she was not announced as part of the original cast, so she would be an add-on. But if Becca Kufrin goes to Paradise, she will be the first lead to go to Paradise after they were the lead. Like, Colton was there and Nick was there and stuff, but it was before they were the lead. Right. So she would be the first lead to come back and do Paradise, which I think would be interesting, especially because, like, can you fucking imagine if she, like, kindles a romance with Grocery Store Joe, who she sent home on night one? I can't. (laughs) I cannot with his like freaking fame in this franchise. It's crazy. He Dancing literally was a night. Angela was a night one person too. Angela there's went another, home. There's a girl from Peter Marissa from Peter season was night one. Yeah. And she's on this season. And I hope and, that she gets a good cut. Cause I really liked her actually. Yeah. Angela um, was, um, she, Angela got sent home night one of Nick vile season. And then she's kind of a, a big person in the franchise. She is. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's my favorite. You, I, we say it every week, so I'm really excited about it. It's coming in August. I don't think that we're going to have that much time between Bachelorette We've never and Paradise. recapped a Paradise together. Oh my God, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> it's going to be so... Like, if you guys think you like the podcast now, God bless you. You're going to love it when it's Paradise. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> leave... Paradise is mess, and that's what I love. And that's what we are, so it just That's what sense. we are. Also, I just want to leave us on a high. Um, This has nothing to do with Paradise, but it is a piece of gossip that I heard, and it made me laugh and laugh. Rumor has it that Chris Harrison is set to replace Meghan McCain on The View. (laughs) What? I read it, and I... So Megan McCain announced that she's leaving The View and they have been talking about people that are possibly going to replace Megan McCain and Chris Harrison's name is in the ring. They literally said, okay, let's pick random names out of a hat of a billion people. And Chris Harrison is the name that came up. What? It's not official. It's just a rumor, but isn't that wild? I would die because Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg already has the best reactions. <laughs> To Megan. I can't even imagine how she would react to the shit Chris would say. I purposely didn't text it to you because I wanted to see you react. I wish you all could see me right now. I'm like losing my mind. Um, No, that's insane. 
That's especially because the view historically, the whole point of the view is it's that like, it's female voices. It's women, right? Yeah, and and oh Chris Harrison, God. I guess. Anyways, uh, go subscribe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. At Don't Insult My Intelligence, and while you're at it, go to Instagram, follow Don't Insult My Podcast. One of these days, we'll get back to posting some content. It's like maybe we're both like away. I was away this past week. Kayla's going away this week. Like we're gonna try. So thank you all so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Week before hometowns. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.